try to get this done in one take. I left my notes at home, but I'm a pro by now, right? I'm supposed to be able to do this with no notes, just off of uh, recollection. So let's see how we do. Ladies and gentlemen, you're listening to WBH Radio. I'm your host, William Holly. Thank you for tuning in to episode 129. Before we get started, Saturday, September 23rd. I need you to put that date on your calendar. I need you to mark it in your phone. We are doing a WBH Radio in-person live event. Now, if you are listening to this right now, that event is for you. It is a celebration of the people, the community that have contributed to this show. And you are indeed a part of that group. Okay. Um, Right now, just save the date. You know, tell all your friends you're busy that night. In fact, invite your friends. Tell them to be there. Um, If you do not live in the New York City area, please make arrangements to be here. You are the special guest of honor, and we don't want you to miss it. So again, September 23, put that date on your calendar. Today, we're going heavy, heavy, heavy NBA. The NBA draft lottery, we learned that the San Antonio Spurs have the number one pick. Lonzo Ball's basketball career may be in jeopardy. Uh, John Morant seems to find himself in trouble again. Carmelo Anthony has retired. A lot of things, man. We're going heavy, heavy NBA today. But let me start here. Eastern Conference Finals just wrapped up. Miami Heat beat the Boston Celtics in seven games. What did you think of that battle? Ladies and gentlemen, I walked away from game seven thinking, wow, the Boston Celtics are really soft. Despite all of their talent, they are soft. That was my takeaway after game seven. And ladies and gentlemen, I want you to think back to the game. If you were to sit back and watch the gameplay, you know, turn down the volume where you can't listen to the commentators, where you, 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 you can't listen to the crowd, and you just sat back and watched them go up and down, at what point would you say, wow, the Celtics are stringing together championship possessions? Forget the score. Just at what time did you think, wow, the team in green and white really wants it? Never. Never. And I'm glad Charles Barkley got on them at halftime. He said, man, they just playing dumb basketball. They coming across half court and they chucking up uh, step back threes off of one foot. That's not championship gameplay. Jason Tatum, unfortunately, twisted his ankle. First play of the game. Very first play of the game. And in the press conference, he said, yeah, man, it was tough being out there, being a shell of myself. Ladies and gentlemen, that made my my blood boil. Jason Tatum. So what happened the six games before game seven? You were healthy then. Your team was the top seed. Your team had home court advantage. You had an opportunity to secure that series long time ago, and you squandered those opportunities. But they would never bring that up. He trying to give himself an out because he had a twisted ankle in game seven. Well, it is your underachieving to that point that puts you in that predicament to begin with. 
And when you don't handle your business, you leave yourself susceptible to bad breaks like a twisted ankle or, 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 or a missed call by a referee. His verbiage lacks the DNA of somebody that has greatness in them because I do think greatness is a, a mindset. It's about your character and your values. It's not about a skill set because he is indeed talented, but he don't have the DNA of somebody great. Trying to let himself off the hook because, yo, I, you know, shelling myself, twisted ankle. I seen CBA G League players come off the Miami bench and pick you clean. Ankle or not, pro player, $100 million, man, that's not supposed to happen. Furthermore, let's talk about injuries because we've seen some of the greatest moments in sports where athletes overcame those discomforts to deliver memorable moments. Sport of basketball, 1970 NBA Finals, Willis Reed comes out of the tunnel for the New York Knicks, leg all busted up, hamstring all busted up. Hit two shots. There's only two points of the game, but it was enough to give his team and that building the boost it needed to secure that championship. How about the 1988 World Series, Kirk Gibson? We all seen that footage. Kirk Gibson hits the home run. He's rounding the bases, pumping. Did you know he wasn't even scheduled to play in that World Series? The manager, because of injury, the manager pinched hit him in the ninth inning. Hey, even though our star is injured, give him an opportunity to be great. And what do you know? Kirk Gibson delivered. Kirk Gibson didn't play in that series for the rest of the, the, uh, the World Series because of injury. But he was able to summon greatness on that one night. How about Kerry Strug, 96 Olympics? She needed to land her second vault for her team to win gold. She did it on one ankle. How about your very Boston Celtics? Rajon Rondo dislocated his elbow years ago against the Miami Heat. He came back in the third quarter and led the Celtics to victory. Dislocated shoulder. Hell, Sebastian Telfair in high school. Twisted ankle going up against his rival Darius Washington on a nationally televised game with Derek Jeter in the crowd, with Jay-Z in the crowd. He was able to even limping lead his team to victory. So Jason Tatum, bum ankle or not, son. It's disappointing to hear you speak like that. That was a moment for you to show the world what you're made of. And you did. But I don't think uh, it was the outcome you intended. Jason Tatum has been in the league since 2017. What's that? Six years? Jalen Brown, a year before that. So that's seven years? We've seen the best of these guys already. They're cool players. They're talents. But they're not the guys that are going to lead your, your, your team to victory. Hell, put them in the bin with Anthony Davis. The Boston Celtics, Jalen Brown, Jason Tatum, last year they were in the NBA Finals going up against the multiple-time champion Golden State Warriors. That was tough. They fell short. They were supposed to bounce back from that even hungrier. See, in the NBA, you take your lumps, and then you bounce back. You learn those lessons, and then you reach the pinnacle. Well, hell, the Celtics regressed. They lost to an eighth-seeded team that needed two playing games to even qualify for the playoffs. Abject failure, ladies and gentlemen.
Now you may say, yo, but Will, you know, the, 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 the turmoil with that coach early in the season. My point exactly, it happened earlier in the season. You had a whole season to overcome that. 82 games plus playoffs. Jalen Brown had eight turnovers in the biggest game of the season. That ain't about coaching, ladies and gentlemen. That's about heart. I don't know, man. I don't know. I'm working on a book right now. In short, I'm, I, I believe I found one commonality amongst all of your great sports people. Michael Jordan, Derek Jeter, Tom Brady, Phil Jackson, John Wooden. I found one common denominator. It is their ability to be accountable. Nobody from the Celtics has that DNA. Ha Nobody has that DNA. You could tell in their speech. That motherfucker tried to give himself an out. Yeah, I was a shell of myself. With the Celtics, I, I, I'm just at a loss for words. They've been in the league for a long time, and this is what they've, they've been. This is what they've been. A twisted ankle. I've seen Jason Tatum get stripped by G League players, eighth man off the Miami Heat's bench. Ankle or not, you're supposed to protect that rock, son. And even if, uh, the reason I bring up uh, those athletes that were injured, even if you are not the healthiest, adjustments should be made. Adjustments can be made. <sighs> Man. Fenton texted me yesterday, and I was reaching for my phone to text him, son. It was crazy time. And he just texted me like, yo, these boys soft. And I said, yo, Fen, I'm with you too. But I had one question for Fen. Fen, how do we explain the fact that they did come back down from back 03? He like, man, I don't know, but these brothers soft. But when I look at it, it makes perfect sense because the Celtics are indeed the more talented team. So them going down 03 and then being able to win three games in a row highlights their problem, their inconsistency. And what I believe is the source of the inconsistency is their lack of will, their lack of championship DNA and medal. If we had a skill contest, I think we would choose Jason Tatum over Jimmy Butler. But if we're talking about a bar fight, I'm picking Jimmy Butler. And that's really all those basketball games are. Especially in the playoffs when everybody's tired, everybody's hurting. It's just a race to those loose balls. Who's going to go the extra mile to get those extra possessions? And for whatever reason, the Celtics organization right now, and I'm saying the organization as a whole, it, it lacks that. Pat Riley and his guys did it again. Looking ahead to the finals, I'll say this. I never watched uh, the Joker much, the center for the Celtics. I never watched him much. I don't know. Maybe because he ain't from my neck of the woods. He ain't American. 
his his body type was all flabby. Like there was never a reason for me to tune into him. But I did watch when he played against the Los Angeles Lakers in the Western Conference Finals, because of course, you know, you gotta watch LeBron. And I'll tell you this, the Joker was the best player I've seen play in the playoffs thus far. He was competitive. You know, I talk about that championship DNA, that fierceness, that toughness. He had that, which is something you don't always see from the European player. It took Dirk many years to get that. The Joker seems to have that. And his rebounding, his passing, uh, it was phenomenal. I see, I see why he was a two-time MVP. And going into the finals, I would give the Nuggets the edge. But again, the toughness of the Miami Heat is just something I, I can't wait to see. I can't wait to see how they try and solve Joker. Scotty Pippen said something crazy the other day. Well, a lot of people called him crazy. He said uh, Michael Jordan was a terrible player before he got to town. <laughs> uh, Taken out of context, it sounds nuts. But, and I'm paraphrasing here, he was saying that basketball is a team game. And Michael Jordan was, was stat stuffing before Pippen and Jackson, Phil Jackson, everybody got to town. He was stat stuffing, but he wasn't the man that is synonymous with winning the way he is now until Phil and um got there. And the only way he was able to reach those pinnacles is because of team. And when you look at it through that lens, I believe him. I agree with him. Basketball is indeed a team sport. And the Miami Heat have been about team for a very long time now. No matter who the cast of characters are. Man, they got guys that are undrafted, guys from G League. And they come on the court and they feel a sense of ownership in the team which is phenomenal to see as somebody that is a fan of sport, as somebody that is a fan of, of team play, not just in basketball. When I'm talking about team, I'm talking about my time in the military, being, being in a foxhole with my guy. Can I count on him? Does he know that I would risk it all for him? That's what I'll be talking about. And I see that from the Miami Heat, and I, I tell you, it's just amazing to watch. You know, you got the guys that are not drafted. They're shooting Big-time shots, clutch shots. Somebody had to instill that, that, that sense of ownership in the team in them. Like, yo, bro, this is yours too. You don't have to ask permission. Hey, is it okay if I take a shot, Jimmy Butler? Nah, we all in this together. And I just say, man, I, I can't wait to see more of it in the finals. The Nuggets defeated the Los Angeles Lakers. That meant the end of LeBron James's season. And at the press conference, LeBron said he had a lot to think about when it comes to his basketball future, perhaps hinting at retirement. Now, some 
say that was a ploy to kind of get the Los Angeles organization's attention and let them know they need to make some changes if LeBron James is going to come back because you know he's only coming back if he could compete for championships. And that may be true. But what I saw was a man that invests a lot physically and emotionally in a season. And after just losing a battle, he might have been in his feelings. He might have genuinely been considering retirement when he thinks ahead of, damn, I got to go another offseason. I got to do another 82 games. Like He might have been like, yo, uh, maybe this is it. What do you think LeBron should do? For me, I think LeBron has the... I know I'm I'm always critical of his gameplay, but just as a man, he's been in the spotlight since he was 16. I'm reading a biography on LeBron right now. It's very thorough, done by uh, Jeff Benedict, who is uh, one of the best out there when it comes to putting these biographies together. And LeBron has been the center of attention since he's been 16. He's been responsible for so much. He's carried the NBA. He's carried Nike. He's carried all of these sponsors. And it's got to be exhausting. If I was in LeBron's corner, I would tell him, yo, bro, go step away for a year or two or three. Go step away, Bron. You have... The scoring title, just something you wanted. Go live your life, son. Because, and again, I've worked in professional franchises. I've seen how these guys travel. I've seen their their schedule. LeBron James may be a billionaire, but he still got to get on that plane. He's still missing out on time with his family. There is tremendous sacrifice. And, bro, you've worked hard for 20-plus years. Go live your life. Go take a break. Go wake up when you want to. Your son is getting ready to enter college. Go travel the globe and watch him play every single college game of his life. You have the means to do that. And go, go enjoy that, the fruits of your labor. You've been under the watchful eye of these people forever, bro. Go take a break. And another reason I would suggest that is because it's been a long time since I've seen greatness from LeBron. I see him going along. I see him staying afloat. You know, the shooting percentages are down. You're not playing as many games as you used to, ultimately robbing the fans of the chance to see you. Yeah, I think I'll take this game off. Like, you're showing up and we know you more for your drip then your game play, you're trying to turn it on and off. That's not greatness. In the latter parts of Kobe and Mike's career, they tried their best to give us 82. So, LeBron, you have the scoring record. You're just kind of meddling around. And that's not cool. Nobody wins in that situation. Not the fans, not the league, not you, LeBron. So if I was one of his advisors... I would say, yo, Bronny, take a year or two off. Let your life be your own for once in 20 years. And then if you want to come back, 
Let's do it. Because that would be something to see. You want to talk about grabbing headlines again, getting people's attention again. Bron, for you personally, that would be a challenge. Like, man, can I can I get myself ready to play an NBA season again? That would truly capture the globe. What you're doing right now, we ain't really missing anything. Eh, LeBron on the West Coast, is he playing tonight? Or, nah, oh, he is? Oh, okay, you're going to shoot a bunch of threes, like, There's nothing spectacular about that. And you are too great to just be hanging around. Go take a break. Watch your son play college basketball. We've heard that you have desires to play with your son, but I guess it came out that LeBron, ain't really, (laughs) that ain't a, a, a goal of his. Well, if you keep hanging around the NBA, that can kind of put pressure on him. Who knows? Maybe he wants to go stay in college for four years. He got the financial means, right, to just hang around and play. Maybe he enjoys that. He don't have to rush to the league. Right? Isn't that why we work hard to give our children a better life? LeBron James, you had to be the breadwinner for your family and you you skipped college because that's what you needed to do. Bronny James could do what he want. Maybe he want to go stay on USC's campus for four years. With you sitting in the NBA waiting for him, that could put pressure on him. Let's say he wants to go play two or three years, boom, and then go to the league. Well, James, you could start your comeback then. And that would be a phenomenal story that would truly catch everybody's attention. And even if you don't play with him, you go play against him. And that would be just as phenomenal. See, ladies and gentlemen, I'm about some greatness, man, shocking the world. Not just being a part of everything else that's going on out there. When I come outside, it's to show you, hey, let me show you something you ain't never seen before. Whether it's the podcast, whether it's WBH, I mean, uh, My City, whether it's uh, coming in from the Army and playing college basketball. Like, yo, bro, if we're going to do it, we're going to do it right. All right? So that would be my two cents for Mr. LeBron James. Another favorite of ours um, has decided to retire, the great Carmelo Anthony. And, of course, when you get to this stage of your career, the conversation is about legacy. And I want to ask you guys, what do you think uh, Carmelo Anthony's legacy should be and what will it be? Well, I'm going to answer the second one first. What will his legacy be? Unfortunately for him, the story around him is going to always be that he didn't win a championship. And that's rather unfortunate. What I think his legacy should be is one of the greatest basketball players to ever play, uh, one of the greatest scorers, and someone who was robbed. And why do I say he was robbed? In this era of super teams, when you got individuals like LeBron James and D-Wade and Chris Bosh conspiring to join forces, taking less money 
to do so, right? Not only do they kind of rig the game in their favor, they're robbing the individuals who opted not to do that. They're robbing them of a fair shake to compete for championships and glory. And ultimately, that takes away from somebody like Carmelo's legacy. Now, if you know the story, I think Carmelo was initially approached by LeBron and D-Wade to be the third guy. Like, yo, Melo, you take the shorter deal, right? So we can all be free agents together, and then we can go play somewhere. Now, I believe Carmelo was, say, was quoted as saying, yo, where I'm from, people don't turn down millions of dollars. I forget what the number was. And Carmelo chose to get the maximum money. And when those guys became free agent, he was still locked in his contract, so he didn't have the, the freedom to go join them. Now, there's been much debate about this. Yo, Melo was dumb, son. He should have did that and chased championship. Did that. The players that came before all of these individuals, Oscar Robinson, Tommy Heisman, these guys fought for these players to get top dollar for their services. Not to be taking pay cuts to chase a trophy. So it is a, a, a shame that Carmelo was faced with this situation. Do you want the championship or do you want the money? That's, that's not what it, it was intended to be. It was supposed to give these players the opportunity to make maximum money. And then you could go compete for a championship. Well, in LeBron James and D-Wade's uh, conspiring to form super teams, they cut the legs out from their peers like Melo. He should have never been faced with that predicament. So now if Melo wants to compete for a championship, he has to go up against LeBron, D-Way, Chris Bosh, and one building? Come on, bro. That ain't fair. That's not fair. And I think that is the biggest crime of the super teams. It's not that these guys are stacking championships. Who cares? It is the individuals they robbed from a fair shake at an honorable career. The big three go up into Madison Square Garden to face Melo, and it's just Melo by himself. Or maybe a half-injured Amari. Like, come on, bro. Imagine if that happened back in the day. If Magic and Jordan and these guys conspired. You may never have gotten champions like Isaiah Thomas. Or, or Larry Bird. Their legacies would have been changed. And that is the biggest crime that uh, has been committed in the super team era. For the guys who don't want to join forces, they are considered, oh, man, they didn't get the championships. But those championships are sullied because they were gotten somewhat illegally. So salute to Melo, man. I've had a chance to be in his presence many a times when I worked at Madison Square Garden. When I was with the Rangers, he was right down the hall. We'd be in the cafeteria together. I think he is a solid, solid dude, man. Solid dude. Wish him uh, the best. 
it's hard to go without the game. But what I see a lot of these guys struggle with is going without the attention. You start to see them do weird things to to stay in the spotlight. D-Wade is chief among them. Melo has uh, been a great businessman, so I don't think it'll be a financial issue. I just worry about them finding purpose in the next chapter of their life and still getting the love and respect from the people that used to adore them when they were at the center of that court. So, salute to Mello. What else I want to talk about today? I want to talk about John Morant. John Morant has been a hot topic. This dude seems to enjoy flashing guns. <laughs> uh, after his eight-game suspension the first time, he was caught flashing a gun on Instagram once more. Now, the conversation has been, ooh, John Moran is going to get it now. My stance is, I don't think anything is going to happen to him. Not much at all. And I say this for a few reasons. I'm going to get into why I think he is doing these dumb things. But I want to first start here with the punishment. I don't think there's been a lot of conversations about the punishment. Everybody thinks he's about to get the book thrown at him. I think the complete opposite for a number of reasons. First off, I don't think his actions are criminal. They're dumb, but they're not criminal. Okay, so if he's flashing a gun on Instagram, it's not something we've seen very often from our NBA players. But again, it's a criminal. So. If the NBA was to uh, bring down a heavy suspension, John Morant's player union should push back. Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. It ain't illegal to own a gun in this this great country. What y'all doing with a a 60-game suspension, a season-long suspension? People compare the John Moran situation to Gilbert Arenas. Gilbert Arenas broke rules bringing the guns in the NBA locker room. That is a violation. John Moran, not the same case. He was in his neck of the woods, his friend's car, whatever. It's, it's not the same. Do not compare the two. Right? So I don't think his actions are criminal. So the NBA is going to have to be cautious when it brings down the punishment, because if the players' union is what it's supposed to be, they will push back. Another piece. If I'm the NBA and I am in the business of entertainment, do I really want to get rid of one of my most entertaining players? Right? People say, oh, next season he's really going to get it. If if the NBA is to punish John Morant going into the next season, will that mean all of that bad press that they just got, that they're trying to get away from, they're going to drag it through the summer and have everybody bring up those conversations again when we start a new season? 
that ain't how you want to ring in the new year. So I can't see why the NBA would want that. Ladies and gentlemen, let's not get it twisted. It's a business. Adam Silver's in place to help make them owners rich. To help take care of his television partners. And the Grizzlies is a hot ticket. TNT trying to put them on TV every Thursday night. The high-flying John Morant. You would be punishing yourself, NBA, if you were to hand down a heavy suspension for this kid. Furthermore, if you bring all of that bad press into a new season. If you remember the podcast I did with uh, my professor, Dr. Brian Johnston, we talked about individuals in, in that high in office. There's multiple stakeholders that they're responsible to. So, yo, bro, it, it may sound cool, yo, just throw the book at him, but the NBA owner's like, yo, bro, we just got a billion from TNT. We got this money from ABC. We got to put out the best product. And another piece on Ja Morant's uh, punishment and why I don't think it will be much. Who is the group that is advocating against him? Who wants to see him taken off the court? That is an important piece. When you look at not just athletes, but anybody that has gotten in trouble, it's because there was a group, a powerful group, that was leading the crusade against them. They had a name. They had a face. Right? We go back to Ray Rice. Who was the group that was going against him? Well, all of those domestic violence groups. Hey, we want him off the field. They had their pitchforks and everything going for his head. Who was coming after Kyrie Irving and Kanye West? The ADL, Anti-Defamation League. Hey. Y'all need to y'all need to do something with this, brother. But which group is going out against John Morant? It's not black people. Nah. It's not people who believe in the right to bear arms, which much of America is. I hear people on television. Mostly the liberal media, they say, well, you know, this country's uh, relationship with guns and everybody's trying to get it taken down and uh, restrict access. I would say, hold on. It is America's love for guns is the reason why these guns are not being taken off shelves. And unfortunately, schools are still getting shot up. So just because your CNN channel or your liberal ESPN channel believes, oh, the whole world is against guns. No, no, no. That's you in the echo chamber. Much of America loves its guns. Which is the reason why you can't keep them out of the hands of children. So that group is not pushing out against John Morant. Right? The NRA is powerful. They, they, and I don't even think they will let you 
punished John Morant too severely. Hey, now, guns is, 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 uh, is legal in this country. He didn't break any crimes, break any laws. He didn't hurt anybody. You know, that stance, guns don't kill people, people kill people. So I'm asking you, which group is going to exert their power and say, yo, John Morant needs to come off the court? There is no group. There is no group. There's just a couple talking heads on TV. What John Morant is, has done is dumb. But I don't think it's criminal. And I'm interested to see how Adam Silver is going to handle that. He has to weigh all of those options. His stakeholders... And his NBA owners, his television partners, right? Do you want to drag this bad press into a brand new season? And if you do bring the hammer to jaw, you have to take into consideration the people that will push back. His players union and people that believe in gun rights. Many of which I'm sure support the NBA. Much of middle America believes in their guns. So you got to be careful the message you sending if you was to, to really punish this guy. Again, what Gilbert Arenas did and what Ja have done are totally separate. Gilbert Arenas violated NBA laws. Ja Morant has not. So I had a bet with Fat Cat. Tops, he gets 12 tops, and I don't even think they're going to do that. 12-game suspension. What I think they're going to do, they're going to take him on a public relations apology tour this summer and then go into the new year with a clean slate. Because, again, punishing John Morant would be punishing uh, themselves if I'm the NBA. So let's look out for that. What do you think his punishment would be? Yo, bro, they got I love when people talk as if their opinion is the only one that matters. People, I've seen them on television. Yeah, man, you know, you know how America feels about having all these guns out here. Well, uh, yeah, I do. And in fact, it is America's love for guns why they're so prevalent. Just because you and your little corner of the globe thinks there should be gun control, that's not the uh, the the major opinion. And I sat back and I've I've been studying this. And I realize every time somebody has been ousted, whether it's Ray Rice, whether it's Kyrie Irving or Colin Kaepernick. There is a specific group that is leading the charge with Colin Kaepernick. It's law enforcement. It's there is no group that is going after John Morant. It's not black people. It's not uh, people that believe in guns. There's no group that's going after him. So who's going to lead the charge to get him off? Who's going to exert their power to get him off the court? Nobody. So I think uh, very little happens to him. And I'm not saying what should or shouldn't. That's just my analysis. I think he's just behaving dumbly. Is that a word, dumbly? He's being dumb. Now, why is he being dumb? I bring my friends on here, my guy Fenton. Fenton always talks about, it's about the bread. It's about the bread. You know, that's why uh, people are doing criminal things. That's why people are misbehaving. It's a lack of resources. 
Well, John Morant is 200 up. NBA contract, Nike deal. Why is he still acting stupid? There's only one man that <laughs> has given me an explanation for why this is going on, and that is the Honorable Elijah Muhammad. It's not the Democrats. It's not the Republicans. The only man that can explain why somebody who seems to have everything he's ever wanted, fame, fortune, is behaving this way. And that is the Honorable Elijah Muhammad when he says that the black man in America lacks knowledge of self. Even though John Morant has 200 plus million, he don't know who he is or what he should be. He think he's supposed to be a gangster. Why? Because that's what America has taught us. The black men in this country that matter are the athletes and the rappers. That's it. When have you ever seen a black man celebrated for being a scholar, for getting up every day and living honorably and working McDonald and earning uh, an honorable wage? We've been miseducated, all of us. I've been victim to this. I remember as a youngster getting money and I'm buying alcohol. I don't even drink, but I'm buying alcohol for my people. Why? Because that's what all the rappers told me I should be doing. And John Morant is suffering from that. And it's got to be a confusing state for him where you, you, you're getting chastised for appearing to live by these rap lyrics, yet blaring in every stadium you play in are these rap lyrics. Hell, you go to Memphis and they give those front row seats to all the rappers, Yo Gotti, Moneybag, Yo, all these guys. So now it's a problem because I'm behaving like that? That's got to be a confusing state, and it is. That's why most black men in this country are walking around in a state of confusion. Disrespecting the very women that was put on this earth to serve them, the black woman. Throwing back liquor like it's water, knowing goddamn well it's destroying your body. The black man hasn't been taught the thorough knowledge of himself, that he is an honorable man, that he is a righteous man, that he is here to take care of his woman and his family. Where do we get that education? So it's got to be a very confusing time for John Morant. They said they sent him to a rehab. Rehab for what? To being a, a miseducated black man? Because that's what he's suffering from. The current state of the black man is that he's just supposed to be carefree, not give a fuck, supposed to be willing to risk it all at a moment's notice. You ask any one of these rappers, yo, what happened if somebody violates your family? Yo, I'm about to go light them up. Where have we been told that it's okay to, in, to involve law enforcement? 
in John Morant's circles, he would be considered a square if somebody violated him at a pickup game and he ain't do something about it on sight. That is the miseducation. That's why you see me pull my brother on this podcast, Cadell Stevens. Yo, we got, we got brothers in law enforcement too. So John Morant is running around here not knowing which way is up. And people try to write it off as if, yo, he about that life. Since when? Where in his history says that he's about that life? There's no incidents from his past as a high schooler, as a college athlete. He was a cool kid on campus. It was the money that made him dumber and more miseducated. The more he got wrapped up in that system. People start to say, well, yo, he's a crip. Being a crip don't mean being a dumbass. Snoop Dogg is a crip. I see him on TV baking cookies with Martha Stewart. No, what he is is a miseducated Negro. But America, this is what you wanted. This is why you put so much energy into killing Dr. Martin Luther King. This is why you conspired to kill Fred Hampton. Because you know we would be out here wandering aimlessly. If Fred Hampton was here and he got one of these fucking $200 million NBA players, he'd be like, yo, dog, uh, how about we build a hospital? Y'all couldn't have that, so y'all killed them. And this is the result of that. You don't need shackles and chains when you got these niggas' brains all twisted up. So I'm sitting back and I'm watching this. Nobody has an explanation except for one man, and that's the Honorable Elijah Muhammad. The black man today lacks thorough knowledge of, of self. He want to be an athlete or a rapper. He don't understand that his job is to protect his family, his community. He don't understand that his job is to help extend his life. And in order to do that is by having healthy, thriving communities. Nobody in a, No black man in America is building that. I'll take that back. That's an exaggeration. No black man on TV is building that. An independent institution. They all walking into the hands of these racist NBA owners. Not only are they walking into the hands, but they turn around and they're ushering their sons into these same places. You look at the tops of all these music companies, it's not us. They let you wallow in the filth and be violent and mistreat your women while they sit at the top without getting their hands dirty, without having to go down in the muck. And when you go to jail, they take your masters and live a nice, healthy life. So what you're seeing from John Morant is the miseducation of the black man in America. Period. They sent him to rehab. For what? What is his issue? Miseducation. Nobody on TV is going to say that. Some of them don't even know. So I actually have some empathy for Ja. He, he must be really confused right now. What, what, what you mean? Like, th these are the guys you celebrate. You sit all of them at rappers front row. Go to the Memphis game. It's Moneybag Yo. It's Joe Gotti. It's Finesse Two Times. Criminals. Ex-cons. So he's aspiring to be like that, and then you, you chastise him? He's got to be like, well, well, what did I do wrong? He's got to be confused.
So that's my two cents on Ja. I look forward to seeing what punishment comes out, but uh, I don't think they can do much to him. There were some reports coming out that Lonzo Ball, who's a guard for the Chicago Bulls right now, he, he may never play again because of some knee injuries. That's very unfortunate. And when I see situations like that, it, it just confirms my belief that you got to push hard when you have an opportunity. And you can't care about offending people or people's unpopular opinion. And the reason I say that is because of his dad, LeVar Ball. Uh, LeVar Ball was very boisterous when these kids were coming up. He said, my sons are the best. People called him crazy. People thought he was nuts, but he was pushing, pushing, pushing. He said, my son would be better than Michael Jordan. My son would be better than Magic Johnson. All of these things. They went against the grain and they, they produced their own sneakers. People laughed at them. People mocked them. Um, but you know what? I think a, a byproduct of that attention is his son was drafted very high. His son came out of college with more fanfare, more eyeballs, more social media followers than all of his peers. You know what a byproduct of all that bloviating was? They got a Facebook deal. They were able to sell apparel. His young brother had eyeballs on him since he was a young boy. So if Lonzo Ball never gets to play basketball again, he's already had great moments. He's already been afforded opportunities that many of his peers have not been afforded because of his father pushing so hard. If he would have sat quietly, he would have been just another player keeping his mouth shut so in hopes that he could get this $100 million deal one day. Well, what if he would have got injured then, right? Without the fanfare, without the eyeballs, he would have just been another player lost. But because of the way his pops and his family have rolled things out, he's more well-known. He's been afforded opportunities that many of his peers have not gotten. So to me, that just confirms my belief. When you got the opportunity, push, push hard. Forget the naysayers. Forget about the popular opinion. You got to go because you only got one opportunity at this and you never know when it's going to end. So if Lonzo Ball never gets to play again, he's made money on and off the court. He has a celebrity that is bigger than many of the people he came out with. And he can parlay that into a healthy life. His father, they seem to be doing well financially. Imagine if Lonzo Ball was just another regular player whose career may be coming to an end. Now he got to think about, yo, 
unfortunately, I never got the big contract. Now I got to take care of my family. Like all different type of stresses might have been there. But because dumb ball brothers was fearless, he should be all right. Um, salute to the ball family, man. Salute to all them folks. My last piece. The NBA draft lottery happened. The Spurs have the number one pick. After I saw the Spurs had the number one pick, ladies and gentlemen, I'm willing to say that I believe that those lotteries may be rigged. <laughs> I've never said that before. If you don't know, there was there is a story or, or, or a conspiracy floating around that in 1985, when Patrick Ewan, who was the, the big dog coming out of Georgetown University, he was he was going to be in the draft. It was the first NBA draft lottery. There's a conspiracy that the Knicks envelope was frozen. So when they put it in the bin and they tossed it around and the, uh, David Stern reached his hand in, he could feel which envelope was frozen and he could pull that one out for the number one pick. Now the Knicks that year would end up getting number one pick, right? And people believe that it was rigged in their favor. I don't know. I was born in 85, so I don't know. But that's always been the story. But when I look at how some of the drafts have played out, Derrick Rose is the local Chicago kid. He ends up getting drafted by the Bulls. Man, that's great luck. LeBron James, the Akron, Ohio kid, gets drafted by the Cleveland Cavaliers. What a story. And now with Victor Wembenyani set to come out, He's an international guy. He's from France. And he gets drafted by the Spurs, a team that has done well with international prospects. One could assume that would be a healthy environment for him. They, the, the Spurs organization knows how to help him with his transition. There's a connection between him and Tony Parker, both being from France. Wow, what a cool story. And when I look at all that, Patrick Ewan was the biggest guy coming out of college in forever. You want him in the prime city of New York. Patrick Ewan will end up uh, uh, being the anchor for that franchise for 15 plus years. Like, yo, if I'm in the entertainment business like the NBA is, I would rig the freaking lottery too. Now, you may say, why would other owners be on board with that? Because as I told you many a times on this podcast, not all these owners are in to win. If you look at the value of all of the NBA franchises since LeBron James has come in the league, they've all grown exponentially. They've all capitalized off of the hometown kid playing for his local basketball team. That was a great story, and we all ate it up. The NBA grew with Patrick Ewan being in New York. So I don't know, man. I don't know. Just a, just a little theory. It's starting to seem a little bit more plausible in 2003 when I look at how some of the, the, the players uh, played out. Again, D-Rose going to his hometown. LeBron James going to his hometown. 
Uh, now you got Victor Wembanyama going to be drafted by the Spurs. I don't know, man. A little bit more plausible now in 2023. Ladies and gentlemen, uh, I think that's all I got for today. You know I got plenty more. We never discussed my city, but we got time. We got time. Uh, I could do that in the upcoming weeks. If you haven't done so already, please check out that Jay David podcast. That brother's really sharp. The uh, executive director of the New York Jayhawk. Pretty cool chatting with him. We got the uh, Terrence Crawford. Earl Spence fight is coming up in July. See if I could get somebody on to help us uh, uh, get ready for that. And that's it, man. September 23rd. WBH Radio in person. That's it, man. I love you all, man. Thanks for tuning in. We out.